Hello and welcome back to Witch Fix. I'm Sarah and today I'm going to be talking about Death of the Outsider, which is the most recent in the series of Dishonored games. It's a standalone piece of DLC for Dishonored 2, which could be purchased on a separate disc. So it kind of feels like a separate game, even though it's not a particularly long game. But I would put it in the same category as things like Dragon Age Awakening, where technically it is DLC, but you could just play it on its own and it would feel like mostly a game of its own. I had a bit of a saga with attaining a copy of Death of the Outsider because I ordered it online and it said it would take about five days to arrive so I was like poo that's a little bit of a drag. I'll go back and play Dishonored 2 as Corvo because I'd played through it as Emily and I was like you know that should take me a day or two and that'll eat up the time quite nicely and I'll see a bit more about the game. So I played through Dishonored 2 again as Corvo game still hadn't arrived so I decided to play Dishonored 1 again and I was halfway through that when the expected delivery date came and went and I had to complain and be like hey where's my thing and then the seller was like oh I'm sorry I'll post it today and I was like it's meant to arrive like two days ago and you're going to post it today I'm not really impressed by that at which point they decided to just cancel my order and stop talking to me so that was fun I then ordered it from someone who wasn't a massively incompetent dipshit and then it arrived so the upshot of this was that I ended up playing all the other games twice and then I got to play this one so it was pretty hyped up in my head by the time we got to this point now although I've said that it is a standalone type DLC it is still not the length of a of a full Dishonored game so that usually has like Dishonored 1 has nine missions in it this one only has five to put that in perspective if you play both the Dowd DLCs for the first game you'll have six missions so it's three missions in one three missions in the other one and if they pushed all those together and marketed that as like a standalone game then I probably would have bought that on a separate disc but it would still would have had one more mission than this one so I was a bit disappointed that there weren't six missions also the missions that you get are kind of a bit cheaty I think because although two of them do take place in entirely new locations one of them is a retread of a location you've been to before it's the royal conservatory from dishonored 2 a lot of things are quite different about it because it's been taken over by the overseers instead of being taken over by the witches so there's a lot of different enemies there different areas are now closed off and there are different routes through the place different problems to solve but it is still the same area and two missions which are follow the ink and the beginning parts of the bank job I think they take place in the same area as well um, it's just in one part it's daytime and in one part it's nighttime but it is just the same area so I felt that was a little bit lazy in terms of like game design which is a shame because some areas are like everything that you encounter in Hole in the World which is the final mission are really imaginative and really creative and interesting whereas previous levels just felt a little bit slightly lazily designed also level one one last fight is basically just a tutorial level it's not particularly open world there are only really two locations that you go to there's like a little bit of an outer hub part and then you go into a building which is where this secret underground fight club is housed and it didn't take that long to do and it felt like it shouldn't really have counted as a mission it reminded me of those bits in Dishonored 2 when you're escaping from the palace um, 
it, you know, it felt very much like that. It was very kind of short in terms of length and also in small in terms of scope because you didn't really see a lot of things. Also, you don't have any of your powers, so it's not really that fun to play. But there we go. So in terms of plot, you play as Billy Luck, who's again voiced by Rosario Dawson. And it basically follows on from the DLC for the first game, sort of, in that you are trying to track down Dowd because you want to talk to him after, you know, having horribly betrayed him at the end of his DLC. And you eventually do find him, bearing in mind it's 15 years after that, so he's aged quite a bit. And he has been taken prisoner and put into a sort of supernatural fight club. And so the first thing you have to do is infiltrate the camp of the Eyeless, who are like a new gang for this DLC. Uh, we've had different gangs before, like the Hatters, um, but this is the Eyeless, and they worship the Outsider. So you infiltrate that, basically the whole mission is trying to find this lady who has a key that you need to use to turn off the defences on Dowd, and he will then escape. So I did that mission, and it wasn't until the second mission which you go on, which is follow the ink, which you are in the upper Syria district. That is Syria spelled exactly like Syria, the actual place, but with a C instead of an S. And it sort of reminded me of various bits of Karnaka that we've seen before, but it's just like a little town. And it was only then that I realised that there was no chaos system because it gave me my rank at the end of this mission and was like, just told me how many people I killed, but it didn't tell me my chaos rating. And I was like, oh, so there is no chaos system. And I went away and Googled this and it turns out, yes, there is no chaos system. There is really no reason to avoid killing people in the game because the previous systems of high and low chaos where it greatly affects the world that you're in and the outcome of the story does not exist anymore. And the reason given for this by the developers is that because Corvo and Emily, previous protagonists, and even Dowd to a certain extent, were important characters who had a great amount of impact on the world around them, Billy is not. She's just one person who is out to do very specific things and it doesn't really matter if she kills people along the way and I, I again I thought that was quite lazy I was just like it feels like not a lot of effort went into designing the game because they've cut out elements that had previously been mainstays of the series which I didn't particularly enjoy that much finding that out because I'd done low chaos and high chaos playthroughs of the other games at this point and it had changed them dramatically and I just felt like that was limiting the replay value on this quite heavily. Similarly I was not impressed when I actually got my magic powers that basically the reason that I'm playing this game for the podcast but you only get three powers instead of a usual like five and you can't upgrade them with runes there are no runes to collect so you just get the three powers and use them. You get these powers not because you have the outsider's mark, because the outsider tells you obviously you don't want his mark, but he gives you um, an eye, like a weird eye in your eye, and a black shard arm, which is basically kind of looks like a, a robot arm that someone has stamped on quite a bit. And I guess that is kind of a callback to In Dishonored 2, when you first meet Billy, she has no arm and no eye. But if you do the certain actions when you go back in time, she then has her eye and her arm back. But you get those things and you get the three supernatural powers of foresight, semblance and displace. I hated all of these. <laughs> uh, foresight enables you to kind of ghost around the room you're in while time is drastically slowed down or stopped. I couldn't really work out which. And you can mark things like uh, bone charms, which you can see in that 
vision enemies and then when you go back to being normal billy those things are now highlighted for you so that is a little bit useful but i only used it about twice uh, semblance enables you to take on the face of an npc and you can walk around as them when you're walking around it slowly times down when you're standing still it doesn't and you use that specifically in one mission um there's a moment where you can attend an auction to buy something that you actually need you can also go and steal it or buy it from the black market but this is one way to attain it and you can use semblance to attend that auction i didn't then use the power a hell of a lot i think i used it three times in the whole game displace is your version of blink or far reach which is like the crucial power that you will rely on to get around the environment and it doesn't really work the same as blink with blink you hold down left trigger you place your little blob and then when you release it you will go over there with this you have to do it in two stages you place a double of yourself basically and when you release the trigger that double will just stay there you have to then push the trigger button again to go over there now this means that for example you can place your double on a ledge you can go down and assassinate people or steal something and then you can just sit back to the area where you've previously been although it doesn't work through walls so if you've gone around something you will just like fly back into the wall that's in the way you can do that i didn't because obviously i played dishonored dishonored 2 and the previous dlc where that's not really how the game works so i was trying to use it in the way that you would use blink or far reach which means that it is quite slow there is a bone charm you can get which means that when you push the button quickly it does just work like blink and i could not install that bone charm fast enough because I was really disappointed with like how that power works and it just annoyed me no end. Anywho, once you've rescued Dowd and you've got your powers and been, as I was, drastically underwhelmed by them, Dowd gives you this mission, which is your mission for the whole game, to kill the outsider because Dowd blames the outsider and his gifts of dark magic to people like Dowd and Delilah for messing the world up and he thinks that the outsider is kind of an amoral sort of demonic presence who's basically just messing with the world for his own amusement and he thinks that he needs to be killed in dishonored 2 we learned that the outsider was sacrificed in the void with a knife he was stabbed and that's what made him stop being a mortal person and become the outsider and dowd says that if you find the location of that knife and then stab him with it again it will kill the outsider so that's what you do for the whole game uh, you first have to do a mission to find keys to a special bank vault, then you go and rob the bank to get the knife, and then you go to the Royal Conservatory to find the location of the place where you can actually get into the void, and then you go to that place, you go into the void, and you confront the outsider. So that's the game, the plot, roughly. The actual plot events that happen are very different to other games in Dishonored, so for example, um, Dishonored 2, Dishonored 1, most levels end with you disposing of an important figure either lethally or non-lethally. So you can kill them or you can do something to them which is arguably worse than death. This does not have that. I don't think you actually really have to kill people. You're mainly stealing things from them or going into areas to get a thing. It's not really about the people who are there. You can of course kill them if you want to. There is no non-lethal option um, because it's not really making you assassinate them and also because there's no high and low chaos system. So there aren't really 
assassinations in the sense that there were in previous games. You also don't have to collect runes, so that's an element that's been removed from the game. That what has sort of replaced those in terms of reasons to actually explore the environment are contracts. So because Billy is essentially like a hitman, I guess, or hit woman, she gets contracts to do various different things. Um, these can be like breaking into somewhere to steal something, kidnapping people, tracking down someone's lost brother, various like little odd jobby side missions. And doing those requires various amounts of effort. There were some which I felt were a bit unfair in their stipulations, specifically the one where you have to go into a bank and well, you're in the bank already for the main mission. You can't harm any of the staff and you have to get a specific item from a different vault. And that might sound easy, but it counts choking people out or otherwise non-lethally subduing them as harming them. So you've put everyone in the building to sleep with a sort of poppy tincture. But if you go too near them, make a noise or accidentally step on someone, then they will wake up and see you. And if you're detected, you instantly fail that side mission, which is annoying. And because I'd reprogrammed some defence systems in order to get past them, if someone woke up and then accidentally walked through one and got immolated, then that also counted as a fail. I did actually manage to complete that one, but it was frustrating as fuck. Now, having said all of that quite negative stuff about the gameplay elements, that are missing or that have been pared down. I did actually quite enjoy Death of the Outsider. A lot of the missions, like specifically the bank one, were a bit frustrating, but they were also different, like because you've been given different objectives and different reasons for being there, it meant engaging more with the environment and working out how to do things in a more active way whereas when I've been playing Dishonored all the way through by the time I got into the end of Dishonored 2 it's sort of second nature you're just kind of looking for the right ledges you're looking for the right moment to use different powers and not having those things and having to change the way that you negotiate the world is quite interesting it kind of wakes you up and makes you engage more with the game the final level of the game hole in the world is a bit of a weird one and again i quite liked it because it changed up what i usually expect from a final level in the dishonored game which is usually getting into a big tower or castle of some point and stabbing someone in the neck you're trying to get to the bottom of a mine where there is a hole into the void essentially um well, you're looking for this thing called the Dead God's Eye, which is what the eyeless worship and it's connected to the outsider somehow and you're just told you have to go and find it. So get into the bottom of the mine and you see a group of people talking and then there's a sort of whirly portal and then a sort of monster comes out of it, which reminded me of like a cross between a clockwork sentinel and a giant boulder. Not really describing that very well, but it definitely looked like one of the scarier Doctor Who villains. Um, it sort of wandered off and I was like, oh shit, I don't want to encounter one of them. Finally managed to find the dead god's eye. That was also creepy. And when you touch it, it merges the world of reality with the world of the void. So for the first time ever, you're actually in the void and not just in like a dream sequence where you just follow a linear path. Unfortunately, this means confronting all of these horrible monsters, which are called the Envisioned and they are a bit of a bastard. So I saw one coming at me and obviously it could now see me and I threw a grenade at it and that did nothing. Uh, and then after it had killed me a couple of times and this thing instant kills you, like 
bilio. It will just come at you and stab you once and you are dead, my friend. You also can't sneak past them because it seems like they can see you wherever you are and may even be able to see you through cover, which is very unfair. So I went away and Googled it to be like, how am I actually meant to kill these things? And the answer the internet provided me is, you're not, run away. They're not actually unkillable, you can actually kill them, but it is a difficult process that I chose not to engage with. So from the Dishonored wiki page about them, you find out quite a lot of their qualities, of which there are numerous ones. So in addition to being able to see you from quite a long way away and to see you even when you're behind them, they also have a blink ability so they can follow you at speed um no matter where you are and they can get up onto ledges and things that's not really uh, a way to escape from them they can attack quite a lot in quick succession and a lot of their attacks are just one hit kills uh, they are also immune to drop assassinations sliding kills and stealth attacks it's impossible to eliminate them non-lethally so you can't like choke them out or anything which i mean that makes sense because they didn't appear to have a neck they are immune to a lot of your attacks, including incendiary bolts, void strikes. They don't trigger mines, so that's annoying. Uh, you can get them with grenades, sticky grenades, spring razors, etc. But they can take quite a lot of damage before they die. And they are not fooled by semblance. So if you take on the ability of someone who's meant to be in the mine, they will see straight through your paltry disguise and they will kill you instantly. Anyway, I managed to get past them by running my ass in the other direction and just sort of sprinting away. But this isn't very easy because you're looking around and you're obviously trying to find something. And that means going through areas that are full of these monsters. And it can be it was very stressful so <laughs> I didn't really enjoy that last part of the game because it made it so stressful and so difficult and so unfamiliar and I just felt it was a little bit cheap to put in enemies that I couldn't kill because it's a game about killing things guys I did find out that once you've completed the game so you you do get a new game plus mode which you also get in Dishonored 2 but basically this means that you replace the three powers that she's given in the game with blink dark vision and domino which are powers used in Dishonored 2 by Corvo and or Emily which could be fun playing it through again with like different powers but I don't think they're sufficiently different enough to really mix up the game that much while it was definitely nice to get like a finished end to Dowd's storyline to see what would happen when you actually manage to spoiler alert kill the outsider or release the outsider so basically whatever you do there's no outsider anymore what that will mean for future dishonored games if they're gonna make any more dishonored games that'll be really interesting finding out you know what happens with the void and everything now that it doesn't have a, a sort of figurehead or a face these would be very interesting questions to see addressed in a sequel. I don't know if there's one in the works at the moment, but from what I can see online, there isn't really talk of one at the moment. Nothing's been like announced or released about it, so we'll see. Now, in terms of which fulfilment, which is why we're all here, I would say that this one is probably the one that gives you the least. Dishonored 1 definitely had you because you had like magic powers and stuff and also because it had granny rags in it there was a lot of discussion of like dark magic and things similarly dishonored 2 obviously had delilah and the witches so there was a lot of witch elements in that and you could play as emily and have you know magic powers which were also quite cool and in the dowd dlc for the original game 
there was obviously a lot more witches and stuff around, especially in the Bringmore Witches one, no surprise. And you got to see some sort of mystical stuff and it was very cool. This one, not a lot of mystical stuff, um, only mostly in the last level, obviously, when you go to the void. And because you have so few powers, there's less of a feeling of playing as like a magical person and more of a feeling of you just being a normal assassin type character which i get because that's very billy and that it is billy's game but it means that it's not great for someone like me who wants to play as someone who has magical powers so definitely play it because it has some interesting levels and if you've liked the gameplay of previous dishonored games as games then you'll probably enjoy this one too but if you're only playing them for a sort of witchy powerful slant on a character this one's going to be a little bit disappointing for you in terms of both content and your abilities so bear that in mind i hope you've enjoyed this episode remember to stay tuned for other game reviews and film reviews books basically everything if you have any other games about witches that i somehow have missed in my absolute love for all of them please do get in touch you can do so on twitter at witchfix and on email which is witchfixpodcast at gmail.com in the description for this episode you can also support the patreon so that i can afford to buy dishonored 3 if that ever gets made and comes out and in the meantime i'll see you all in the next episode bye